This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk with the brilliant actor, singer, and writer, Melissa Errico, about why you might try the eight stones method. And I'll share a know-yourself-better question that was tremendously illuminating for me. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, you and I differ on this Know Yourself Better question, I think. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles. And yes, Gretchen, we're going to have to get into it and discuss our difference of opinion. Yes, yes. Now, quick, before we jump in, an update. If you are thinking about doing a happiness project in 2020, think about joining my video course, which is the Happiness Project Experience. It's a 12-month-long course with videos and monthly live calls with me in a private community. And I created this because people were like, ah, I want a little bit more structure around my happiness project. So this is that. Registration is now open and there is early bird discount um, pricing that ends on December 20th. Go to GretchenRubin.com slash T-H-P-E. That's for the Happiness Project Experience for more info. And I have to say, for last year, my favorite thing was all the calls with people to get Mm. to actually talk to people about what they're doing for the Happiness Project. So do it. It's a great gift with no clutter, and it'll make you happy. And Gretchen, we want to remind everybody that our book club pick is Wild Game, My Mother, Her Lover, and Me by Adrian Brodeur, and we will be talking to Adrian in February. So read it. You're going to love it. Yeah, send us your questions. And then finally, we have to mention the merch. Go to GretchenRubin.com slash merch. If you want T-shirts, mugs, tote bags, hoodies, display your four tendencies, you know, happier podcast, we got stuff there. Yeah, Gretchen, out. I'm drinking coffee out of my Obliger mug as we speak. <laughs> of course. And so, Elizabeth, for our Try This at Home tip, we've brought in somebody to tell us about her Try This at Home. It's the Try the Eight Stones method suggested by Melissa Erica. Now, I met Melissa years and years ago back in college because I was a friend with her brother, Mike, who is in my class in college. He's also a great musician. And she came to visit her big brother, you know, in college, the way you do. And so I met her way back then. 
And now Melissa is a Tony Award-nominated actor, singer, and writer. She starred on Broadway in roles like Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady, Sharon in Finian's Rainbow. Gretch, you saw that. I did see that. That's one of Jamie's favorite shows, so I saw her share. And she's also on TV. She's been on Billions. She's had a one-woman show. She writes great pieces for the New York Times. Yes, no, those, were, those are great. I'll link to those in the show notes. And her most recent project is called La Grande Affair. It's the deluxe edition. It just came out. Melissa often collaborated with the great French composer Michel Legrand. And when he died in January 2019, she decided to re-release her album La Grande Affair with 12 bonus tracks including four new songs. As her bio makes obvious, Melissa is creative and productive in many areas, and she uses the eight stones method to get all this done. And so we asked her, come on in and explain, what is this eight stones method? Hi, Melissa. We are so happy to have you in the studio. Melissa, hello. Hello, I'm such Hi, a fan. Melissa. Oh my gosh. Hi, guys. <laughs> it's so fun <laughs> to have you actually here face-to-face in I New know. York City. I know. I feel you because I feel like your influence far precedes today. It's just amazing what you've done. And, and ideas you've given people. So thanks. I can't believe I'm meeting you. Oh, this is so fun. <laughs> so fun. Now, we heard about this idea of the eight stones method, which you use. So explain what is this method? Well, the eight stones method comes probably from one of my own tendencies, which is to seek always an outside authority often mm. on things. I actually like getting advice. Mm-hmm. And so mm. for periods of time, I usually find a mentor or um series of mentors. That's just a tendency of mine. Oh, interesting. Possibly not to self-educate or to find my own, you know, go to my own mountain as it were, but I tend to go to brilliant people and seek wisdom. It may be why I've spent much of the last two years in the presence of the great empathy and wisdom of Stephen Sondheim Ah. and the music of Mm. Michelle Legrand and the Bergman's lyrics. But in other ways, intellectually, as I started writing in the last year, I've met a lot of people in the literary world. Right. And one person mm-hmm. that I met was Adam Gopnik mm. from the New Yorker sure. magazine. Now, yes. Adam Gopnik is a great learner and a, someone who had many, many influences and mentors himself. And one of them was Dick Avedon, the photographer, mm. which was his best friend. Oh, Richard Avedon. Richard yes. Avedon, who yes. was a great photographer. And he said, you know, created a kind of the cultural I- imagery, really, of the... 80s and early 90s, worked for Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, things like that, The New Yorker. He was fired, you know, at one point by uh, Anna Wintour and things. He had many, many setbacks in his life, though Mm -hmm. he's perceived as a great icon. But he gave Adam advice at one point. And so this is advice. This is like passed this is, on this advice. Is like, yeah, mm-hmm. Icon yes. to icon. Yeah. I, you know, anytime Love I come it. near an icon, I, <laughs> I take it. This is possibly one of my weaknesses or a strength. Is that I? It's probably do, a weakness and a strength. Exactly. You would know yeah. all these things. <laughs> um, I think in terms of like muse and mentor and you know ah. and so on because I'm an actress, so I'm a responsive person. But then I have to own it on the stage and make it seem like it's my own sure. power and pass it forward as if it's my own. Right. So this is part of the blurriness of being a, an actress and a singer, right. an interpreter of other people's, right? So anyhow, so Dick Avedon produced eight large stones from his house in Montauk and brought them to Adam, like literal you know, rocks, and put mm. them on his desk. And his advice to him was to have eight all along the outside of your desk. You know, if you're writing here and in the back there, you have the the, the length of your, your desk, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Underneath those eight stones is a different project. This is mm. not, you could probably, women, I guess, would, would be prone to want to put their family under a rock or two and things like that. But I think it's a conceptual thing for your desires 
for your work and your activities ah. in life. You know, yes, your creative you're, and and productive. Yeah, yeah, your productive time. It could be your body. It could yeah. be your mind. But not so much caretaking things right. because we'll just put everybody under all the rocks yeah, and yeah. that'll be done with it. Even if you're, even if you're a every rebel, ro- every rock is occupied. <laughs> every yeah. rock is a kid mm-hmm. and every rock yeah. is everybody's thing and everything, all the school yeah. forms and doctor's appointments <laughs> and forget it. You don't have a day mm-hmm. again. I think we should try to see those stones as ours and the desk yeah. as ours. Yeah. So under eight stones is a project, whether in his case, Adam's case, it would be a lecture for the BBC. It would be a, an essay on, you know, gun control. It would be something, all the wonderful things that he does. But a book, a musical, all the things that he pursues for all over the world, in France and BBC, et cetera. So as the project, the point is, is as something is done under one of the stones, it goes away and something else comes underneath. Ah. Mm. It's to get the hierarchy to stop. And also the idea of isolating our energies on one task and one outcome. If I'm obsessed with one Broadway show and it fails, then I'm done for possibly years depressed, yeah. Yeah. just flat yeah. out depressed. I admit I've done that. Not so, I've, I've seen a show that didn't work out. I invested everything in yes. one stone. Right. Mm. Oh. I lived a one stone life. Yeah, Gretchen, you always say have a crush on two boys. Yes. This, oh, this is what a friend of mine said in college. It's oh. like, because if one, you get too obsessive and, but two, it's not going so well with one. Then you, right. you're like, you're flirting with the other one. Right. <laughs> But the idea of the stones, going back to that, is is for me is getting rid of the anxiety about the outcome of one mm-hmm. thing, but also always propelling yourself forward. You know, I'm getting older now and I see that some of my uh, pursuits haven't panned out, but some have. Right. And then if you keep things under each stone, if you have these this kind of activity going, you have the chance to not stress on the frayed relationships or things that haven't manifest, but to make new connections and make new uh, projects, whether it's, you know, your book came into my life, which created all sorts of connections uh, with college friends and women who are up in Boston and had, you know, gone to college with you and us and had been, you know, are just are like-minded, the different careers. It's connective, you know? Yeah. So even that could be under a stone to do all your projects, right, you right, know? Right, right. It's really healthy and creates new fabric for your life, you know? And I think being able to see it like yes, right in front of you visual. when you're working and it's almost like this sort of precious thing. Yeah, it's like a dream wall. It's like how you inspiring. Have, right. You know how we used to do that thing where you cut stuff out and you put it up on your wall, you go through magazines and you mm-hmm. take pictures out of beaches and things that you dream for you know those did you ever do those dream walls yeah Yeah. I know I remember reading that Twyla Tharp whenever she started a new project she would get like a banker's box and she would put in anything that she felt related to the project it might be a toy it might be Mm. a postcard of a painting it might be a scrap of paper where she wrote down some ideas I think there is something about the tangible and the visible Mm -hmm. that does anchor our thinking and it makes it feel more real and because it feels more real then you're more likely to work on it and value it, mm-hmm. then if it sort of like feels like this amorphous. Yes, it gets you organized. It gets you organized. And it's like, okay, one thing, I've got eight stones. If something finishes, I need yeah. to keep myself moving forward. I need something new. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to take a minute and think, well, what is going under that in mm-hmm. that blank spot? Mm-hmm. So you stay 
diversified. You have a lot. Toilet tharp, right? You were yeah, saying? Yeah. The only thing she ever ta- told me was that you must eat a baked potato every day. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you were talking about tangible okay. things, I was like, she's so grounded, That's this a, woman. That is specific. <laughs> so earthy. But wait, so why eight? Was there a reason about eight or eight is just, because seven is the most magical number. You know, Voldemort taught us all that. Um, oh, I hear but you. Eight is, but eight feels powerful because it's symmetrical. It's highly symmetrical. Well, and it's infinity, of course. Oh, and it's an infinity. <gasps> yeah. Ooh. Well said. Ooh. Well said. Ooh. Siblings. <laughs> for the gold. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could see, but eight feels like a lot in, in a good way. Where, again, I think it's like this idea, have so much going on so that nothing is too important, but it's not so many that every you're just dissipated. Yeah, maybe it goes past the seven of the week. So in some ways it takes, ooh, ooh, you that's know, it overstretches breaks that, that frame. That framing, just any kind of framing that we have, you know. Well, one thing that occurs to me about this this approach is like, okay, Michelle Legrand, who you were very close to, died in January 2019. And it seems like in the aftermath of that, many things came up unexpectedly for you. Opportunities, interests. You wrote the eulogy for the New York Times. You went to France. You re-released this album with this new material. All of this came out of His nowhere. His last song. You see, I wrote to the Bergmans and I said – is Hurry Home the last song you ever wrote? Because Hurry Home in 2019 was a, a film song that I had done for them. I said, was that your last song that you guys wrote together? She said, no, this is. And she emailed me the last song oh my gosh. he ever wrote. Yeah. This is one of those things like, right, right. you know. So with the eight stone method, how did you handle that? Did you swap some things out? Or is this was this like, all of a sudden this was this new stone? Like, how did you, because these were opportunities that were coming at you unexpectedly. They weren't your long-term, like, I would like to write for the New York Times. I will write a piece about what it's like to audition in my basement. That you kind of are working up to. These were things that are coming out of nowhere. Did you think about that in a different way with the eight stones? Well, well, you know, one stone will call you if it's very busy, right? You know, a stone will get hot, right? And so, (laughs) so, but, but, but still on the side is this idea of writing essays as a middle-aged actress in the New York Times, I'm not I'm not hanging on whether Michelle Legrand's eulogy hits, as it were. I just like the idea of sharing stories from inside baseball. Right. That aging is an ingenue. I was yeah. always sort of ordinarily pretty and ordin- you know, pretty little voice, little waistline. That was my business, right? Yeah. I actually had much more intellect and soul than the characters I was playing. I uh-huh. tried to imbue yeah. these characters, but really it was just somebody for the handsome cowboy to fall yeah. for, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, the first article I wrote was about aging as an ingenue right. and being right. 46 years old and being asked to play 26 yeah. still and to recreate, it would tighten the, I had to tighten the belt, you yeah. know, get getting bigger and stuff, you know, <laughs> just, I just shared what it's like from the inside. So Michelle Legrand was just a relationship so, I shared. So did you like self-tape. swap out one of the a longer term project and insert uh, the short term project yeah. in or the, the ninth optional stone? Well, I think or? Sondheim went away. I think Sondheim <gasps> oh. became, I think because of musical. Went to the back burner. I think he did. Yeah. I have mm. a, I have a documentary that I'm interested in writing, which I keep putting, that stone doesn't get a ton of attention. Mm. But I, that's where I met a lot of just wonderful people uh, at the Sarah Lawrence uh, screenwriting classes and stuff. So my, my screen, my screenplay or things like that, that's underneath there. Other cabarets that I think are interesting, mm-hmm. political, looking at the political climate that we're living in. I believe that music, standard music, nostalgic music, even swing music mm-hmm. is really interesting from an American history perspective. Mm. That's a stone right now. It's just uh, sitting there. I see. But, but it's marking. It's marked because don't forget the great American songbook. 
at least 11 of the composers that come right to mind were fresh off the boat immigrants. Many of them were on the blacklist. These are the great American writers. None of them were named the names we know. You know, their names were, you know, Guaranya. That's Harry Warren, you know, is is, is all these people have these these ethnic names, Jewish names. They all got rid of their names. They became the great American writers. But they're all immigrant. You know, it's just an interesting, it's a a Hamilton-like concept of even, you know, music well before Lynn Miranda was putting these thoughts in our head. Now, you're a questioner. You took the quiz and you're a questioner. And I wonder if this is something that appeals to questioners because it's like, it's very kind of efficient and Mm. there's a justification for it. And it's like... It's sort of neat. Yeah, it's very neat. (laughs) And it's sort of like, I'm doing this for this reason. And this is going to make sure that nothing gets lost and making sure, you know, I, I can see how that would appeal to your... To your tendency. Well, it takes you it takes you out of a state of chaos a little, right? It does. Mm. All the rushing in of questions and of wanting and yearning. You know, passionate people are also uh, sometimes just sitting in their passion, right? <gasps> yes. And so they it's feel like a messy. Framework. Yeah. Yes. Don't you know how many people just like know they're good at something and they want something, but they have to take practical steps. They have yes. to separate all those those energy. Yes. You know, little you know, firecrackers that are going off in their head. It can't just keep going, you know, it's just going to be nuts, you know. Yeah. There's so many passionate people out yeah. there. And, and if, this helps know, to focus that energy. Yeah. Well, Melissa, this is such a fascinating idea. I cannot wait to do my, I'm going to do my eight stones in <laughs> yes. 2020. And it's fun to find the stones and on the beach. It's fun to find yes. the stones. Yeah. And That's what I'm excited about is getting the stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah it's, each one is different, you know, and then becomes purposeful as opposed to another collection on the, you know, on the bathtub. Absolutely. Well, so let us know if you do try this at home and try how trying the eight stones method works for you. Melissa, thanks yes. so much Stay for joining active. us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. Coming up, we've got a holiday hack, but first this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. 
And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for this week's happiness hack and it's Choose a holiday movie. Yes, you know, in my family right now, we don't really have a holiday movie. A lot of people have The Sound of Music as a holiday movie, which is funny because there's really no holiday scenes I in know. the movie. It feels like there should be a holiday scene. There's The Puppet Show, but it's, it seems to be a movie that a lot of people watch on the holidays. I think that's such a lovely tradition. Yeah, now, Gretchen, I was remembering we always watched Miracle on 34th Street. You and I watched that probably at least, I'd say, like 15 or 20 years. (laughs) Yeah, and the old one, of course. But we didn't make it into like a holiday tradition. It was just a movie that we loved, so we watched it over and over, which seems to be slightly different. I think you want to elevate it by saying like, this is our holiday movie. I have this friend and her family every January 1st watches the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. And then she's like, you're sitting there quiet. This isn't <laughs> like you're chatting and like running to, to the kitchen for popcorn. This is like we're sitting and watching every minute. And I thought that's such a fun family tradition. Is, I don't know that I could do that. That, that feels like a big commitment. <laughs> One movie, Gretchen, yeah. that I do sort of feel like our family often watches is Elf. Oh, we love we Elf. We seem to watch that often, <laughs> but you're right. It's not ritualized. It's, it's sort of sitting down, having the popcorn, getting the kids the hot chocolate. It's making yeah, it yeah, a yeah. ritual. Yeah, he's an angry yeah. elf. <laughs> now, one thing a lot of people do is they watch a Hallmark movie. And I have to say, like, I have never seen a Hallmark movie, and I'm determined this year to watch one because I know that for many people, this is the highlight of the holiday season. So I went on Instagram and I asked, okay, I need to watch a Hallmark holiday movie. Which is the best one? And what was interesting is that usually when you ask a question like that, like if you said, what's the best Harry Potter movie? You'd probably get clusters mm. of answers. A few would, would rise to the top. And the funny thing about the Hallmark movie is there was such a range. Very few movies got more than like two or three mentions. There was just like a string of titles. So are you just going to randomly pick one? So here are some of them. Christmas with Holly, Christmas Kiss, Love Actually. But is this the love? Isn't there a Love Actually that's also a holiday movie that's not a Hallmark movie? Yes. I don't know. Love Maybe there's, there's also a Hallmark. Hugh Grant movie that's very popular. Which I think people do watch at Christmas, but maybe there's also a Hallmark movie called Love Actually. I don't know, but a lot of people lobbed that in. Mary and Bright, Christmas at Pemberley, Trading Christmas. Somebody said that's about a writer. Maybe I'll I'll do that because it's about a writer. Christmas Cottage, Christmas Under Wraps, The Bridge. Apparently it's about a bookstore. I like that. (laughs) Snow Bridge. So I think I'm going to go in and either pick it by the title or by like, oh, it's about a bookstore. So I'm I like that. You know, I'll just pick it somewhat randomly because it seems like a lot of them have a lot of people who are fans. So, but I really want to do it. I feel like this is this major cultural thing that I have never experienced. Well, Gretchen, I have to put in a plug right now for my friend Melissa De La Cruz, the YA writer. She Ooh. has a Hallmark yeah. movie. Well, I'll watch that yes, one. Yes, this season called Sense, Sensibility, and Snowmen. Sense, Sensibility, so and Snowmen. So that's the one okay. I'm going to watch. I'll be really interested to know what our listeners watch as their holiday mu- movie if they have one. Like, It's a Wonderful Life or A Christmas Story 
or The Nightmare Before Christmas or The Grinch. Yeah, Jack watches or, The Grinch year-round. Oh, I love The Grinch. Yeah, I mean, or maybe it's a movie that doesn't have to do with Christmas, but it's just your family, like Lord of the Rings. It's not, it's not, there's nothing holiday about it, but for some reason for your family, it's part of the tradition. And for some reason, it's what you feel like watching year after year. I can totally imagine watching like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone every holiday season, just in celebration. All right, Gretchen, we'll have um, to have a sidebar and pick a Christmas movie. <laughs> pick a holiday movie. Excellent. And now it's time for a know yourself better question. Now, Okay, we have talked about this a lot, which is food pushing. And so maybe you want to skip ahead if you are tired of this mm-hmm. subject. But I, after we talked about it, I got so many emails from people who had so many different perspectives and had so many different thoughts about it. I was getting sort of more and more confused in my thinking. And then finally, I saw clearly how there were sort of two camps, two philosophies. And once I understood these two philosophies, I could see how no one's right and no one's wrong. They both have important values. I saw why people were in conflict. And it really took all the negative energy out of it for Mm. me because I was like, oh, now I can see with compassion what other people are thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, I get it. And so I had so much more clarity in my thinking. And so that's why I want to talk about it one perhaps (laughs) last time because I did feel like this is a huge know yourself better question that also helps you know other people better. So Gretchen, what is it? Okay, so this is the know yourself better question. Are you... In the school of you do you, or are you in the school of let's all join in? Mm, Interesting. Those are the two schools of thought. Now, this is for people who are in ordinary situations. So this isn't people, you know, of like an office birthday party or going out to dinner with friends. It's not about people who have eating disorders. It's not about people who are in very particular special situations, which people mentioned to me special Mm -hmm. situations where clearly... Other considerations will come into play. Or, you know, know, someone's deathbed, that kind of thing. Clearly, like, so we're talking about the average person having the average circumstance. So that said, here are the two philosophies. One is you do you. And that is clearly my Mm -hmm. camp. My camp. So you do you is, hey, you do you. And I'll do me. And I don't really care what you eat. And I don't really feel like you should care what I eat. And I feel like it's important for people to do what's the healthy choice for them. I feel like the important thing is that we're all here together. It doesn't matter to me what's on your plate. It doesn't matter to me if you partake. What's important to me is that we're here together. And I want you to do whatever is right for you. And I want you to let me do whatever's right for me. You do you. That's one camp. And then the other camp is, let's all join in. Let's all join in is, we're all here together. It's just not the same if everybody doesn't participate. We're having a shared experience. And if you don't share in that experience, it's just not the same for everyone. Sharing food, sharing drink, having these experiences together is as ancient as humankind. These rituals and traditions extend all the way back to the, you know, the earliest civilization. This is an important part of the human experience. It's an important part of social engagement. And it's important that if we're going to be together, let's all join in. And once I saw this, I was like, oh, I get where people are coming from. You do you. Let's all join in. Yeah. Neither one is right. Neither one is wrong. They both have lots of value, but they're just in some situations, they come into conflict. Yeah. And you know, Gretch, I, I am very much trained by you in a good way to be you do you. I am not a food pit pusher in any way. No. However, not. I do agree it's not the same. So that's why I do have yes. sympathies toward the let's all join in group because it is not the same shared feeling of fun and bonding when everybody's not joining in. 
So I do think that's true. What? It's just what, but if that's not something that's of high value to you, then it's not. Well, and Elizabeth, how many times do you think you've said to me, Gretchen, it's just not the same. And and it's just not the same. I say it all the time. Because you're always reminding me, Gretchen, okay, you're off doing your thing. You don't care, but it isn't the same. And that's how most people feel. And so I feel like if I've sort of convinced you of you do you, I feel like you've convinced <laughs> me of let's all join in. And I think the thing is they're both valuable. Yeah. They're both important. It's not like somebody's right and somebody's wrong. It's that different people come to it thinking that one thing is more important. And I'm sure it's colored by your own perspective. Like, I don't really care if other people join in. So I just don't feel like it's a big deal. But I think other people do. So it is a big deal. And it's not that I'm right and they're wrong or vice versa. It's just that we see it differently. We experience it differently. It's like somebody who feels like it's really important for, you know, a room to have curtains. If there's a room that doesn't have curtains, they're like, this is not, this room is not attractive. And it's like, oh, you know, I don't care about curtains. What do I care? So I felt for me, it took a lot of the, the feeling of why are we having this conflict? Why don't you see what Mm -hmm. I see? It's like, well, they see something different. Well, and then this also, Elizabeth, I wonder, so we've talked many times about the evil done bringer, mm. And it seems like it bothers you more than me, partly because you are in an office situation, so this is much more real in your life. But even kind of on a theoretical level, it seemed like it bothered you more than it bothered me. And I wonder if, if it's because in your heart, you're let's all join mm. in. And so when somebody brings something like donuts, it creates for you this feeling of let's all join in. And yet for you, you're like, I'm a type 1 diabetic. I'm trying to get to my number 6. I have to do me. I have to say no because for me to do me... I should say no. And yet it's in conflict with let's all join in. And so I feel the pain Mm. for yourself of those two things butting up against each other. What do you think of that? I think you're absolutely right. I never thought of it that way. I always thought of it as just, well, I want the donut. But I think you're right that I don't like having something that I could be joining in on and not joining. It gives me a bad feeling. And so for me, it's it's sort of like marathoner versus sprinter or morning person versus night person or abundance lover versus simplicity lover or abstainer versus moderator um, or underbuyer versus overbuyer, the four tendencies. For me, a lot of times when you sort of see these distinctions and they kind of have a label, it makes me feel like, oh, I can understand your point mm-hmm. of view so much more clearly. And it's like, maybe we need to do something so that we both feel comfortable in a situation. Maybe we need to come to some sort of accommodation or compromise. But that's different when you're like, okay, how do we make this work for everybody? Instead of saying, why doesn't everybody see things the right way? Which is the way I yes. see things. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, so it makes you less, less, less judgmental. Yes, as always, <laughs> if we know ourselves better, we can also be more compassionate toward others. So... <laughs> It's yes. an interesting question, especially during the holiday yes. season. Yes. So let us know if you find this a useful framework and what your camp is. You do you, and let's all join in. Coming up, I give myself a writing demerit, but first, this break. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves, they can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. 
Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one-time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm -hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, Elizabeth, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and this is your turn to give a demerit. All right, Gretchen. Well, I am in crunch time, okay? Sarah and I have two pilots this development season, and we are writing away, desperately, frantically writing. (laughs) And I have not updated my final draft. Final draft is a program we use to write scripts on. And Sarah has discovered that if you update to the current final draft, there's always a new version coming out, of course. So final draft is kind of, is not really, it's never, it's never really, really final. final. Yes, <laughs> which is true of writing as well. So it all fits. But anyway, <laughs> in the new final draft, Sarah has realized we could actually have a shared document, which is just revolutionary. Uh, if we could both work on the same document and not have to pass it back and forth, that would change mm-hmm. our lives. We can do that in Google Docs, but Google Docs does not have final draft. So this is big. Oh. And Sarah took the time, figured it out, sort of had to redo her computer because it was, you know, all she hadn't used it in so long. She did all because she always writes on iPad. She did all this stuff. And I have not. So we're kind of stuck Mm. in the Stone Ages with me writing on my computer, not being able to share with her. Obviously, given that I'm a writer who writes on Final Draft, I should update to the current version. So that is my happiness demerit. Hopefully, by speaking it out loud, I will now go and do it. No, it's one of those classic situations where you know a little bit of investment of time would save you a massive investment of time, and yet you're so busy, you can't even take the little Mm -hmm. bit of time that would save you the time. And it's the worst feeling, and you can just see it coming a mile away, and it's like, okay, but I just don't have the time. And the mental energy to deal with, like, a new software. It's always kind of scary. You're always like, is this going to crash my entire computer and erase all my files? It could. There's always that (laughs) nagging fear that catastrophe (laughs) could occur. So, um, you know, so anyway, um, that's where I'm at. But um, give us a gold star. So I want to give a gold star to Fona International in Geneva, Illinois. I did this funny thing. I went to Flavor University. 
Yeah, it used to be called Flavors of North America, but then they expanded to International. Mm. So it's Fona International, and it is a flavor company. So Flavor University is like a free short course about the workings Mm. of the flavor industry. So, of course, I'm thinking about my book about the senses and the body, and I was reading a really fascinating book called Flavor, The Science of Our Most Neglected Sense by Bob Holmes. I am not sure that I agree that flavor is our most neglected sense, but that's an argument for my book. Um, Anyway, so I was reading this book. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And I read about this program. And so Fona International is a flavor company. And what's interesting is that these companies, flavor and fragrance companies, are famous for their secrecy. It's like Willy Wonka time. and um, But Fona is like, we're open. They have this program many times a year. There were like 75 people. I thought it would be like 10. Um, It was a full room. Most of the people work in the industry in some way. All kinds of like food scientists, R&D people, two people who worked for like a candy company, tea company, like, you know, a dairy cooperative, like all different kinds of things, an anthropologist. And they were like, are you sure you want to come to this? And I was like, well, I would like to come if if it's okay with you. And they're like, okay, you can come. Um, So I learned about how flavor is processed in the brain, how food makers evaluate it in food. We talked about trends. What are the trends? Oh, there's like, you know, yuzu is a trend, Mm. you know. I was like, okay. And we would, they would talk about different, violet is a trend. Mm. And then they would say like, okay, Okay, here somebody wants to make a potato chip that tastes like barbecue sauce, sort of which of these three chips mm. comes closest. And really took it. I ate, you know, I was like, okay, I'm just eating sugar right. for this. This is, I'm, I'm here. So I, like I ate a circus peanut, which was like my mind is blown. Who knew? Circus peanuts, that's a banana flavor. I was completely thrown by the orange color. It's totally banana flavor. But anyway, it got me to really focus on flavor. Fona International, it seems like a wonderful company. It was a really lovely place to visit. I felt like I learned a lot. And now I want to have a taste party with my friends and get these, like, little taste Mm. cups and put, like, one little cinnamon red hot and be like, really? Or, like, you know, a few pieces of cereal and be like, really taste it. Like, just have a little bit of it and really sit down and taste it. And it's taste the difference between skim milk, whole milk, and cream. Mm. Like, really just, what does that taste like? I mean, I realized just kind of walk around in a fog. That's why I'm writing this book. I'm like, get out of the fog, connect with my body. And so this was like a really wonderful immersion into a world of flavor. Oh, good. It was absolutely fascinating. And it was so fun to have this little yes. adventure. Like, there I was off in, in Illinois in a <laughs> band with these people from all over the country. It was That's great. That's awesome. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Use the eight stones method. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to Melissa Errico for her terrific try this at home idea. Her new album is La Grande Affair and it would make a great holiday gift. Thank you to our executive <laughs> producer, Chuck Reed, our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend or give it to a friend with Gifted Podcast and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, resources for this week. Due to popular demand, I created a PDF that includes all the Try This at Homes from every episode. I update this a few times each year, and you can download it for free at GretchenRubin.com resources. And if you want to get my free Moment of Happiness newsletter where I have all my favorite quotes, I get to put them out into the world, which is mm-hmm. so makes me so happy. Um, it's a daily quote about happiness and human nature. You can subscribe to that for free at GretchenRubin.com slash newsletter. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward.
You know, Elizabeth, I always, I still to this day get weepy in that scene on Miracle on 34th Street where Chris Kringle talks to the little girl, mm. the little war refugee in Dutch. And they, they, he says, oh, sing me a song. And she sings the little, the little Dutch Christmas I song. I know, and he sings with her. Dear, what's your name? I'm sorry she doesn't speak English. She's Dutch. She just came over. She's been living in an orphan's home in Rotterdam ever since. Well, we've adopted her. I told her you wouldn't be able to speak to her. But when she saw you in the parade yesterday, she said you were Santa Claus, as she calls you. And you could talk to her. Well, I didn't know what to do. Hello. Ich bin glad that you're gekommen bent. Oh, Ben Santa Claus. Yes, I guess. Ich well. It was Zeker that he would sabble kreipen. Natürlich. Sag mal, what you so will in heaven, Ben Santa Claus. Nix. Ich hab von alles. It will allay mar by days to leave for domicile. <laughs> will you want to me singing? Sinterklaas kapuntje, geef het in mijn schoentje, geef het in mijn laarsje. Dank u, Sinterklaasje. Sinterklaas kapuntje, geef wat in mijn schoentje, geef wat in mijn laarsje. From the Onward Project. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.